friends, 8,000 trail miles, one year. This podcast follows Sammy Potter and Jackson Perel on their attempt of the calendar year triple crown of hiking. I'm Zoe Gates, and this is Impossible Odds. Meryl exists to share the simple power of being outside. Hell yeah, love that. No matter who you are, where you came from, who you love or how you move, everyone should be welcome in the outdoors and wherever life takes us. Meryl strives to inspire everyone because together we can help protect the trail that we love. Our goal is to provide thoughtfully designed, rigorously tested outdoor products that over-deliver on performance, versatility, and durability. This is important not just if you're through hiking, but for every day walking or running as well. My friend, I don't know where you went. The thunder getting louder, and the rain is oddly getting softer. Maybe the storm is over. Oh, here he is. Fuck, yes, here he is. That's my song. Hopefully, the storm ends soon. Starting to get a little bit nervous about our timing right now. We just got back on the CDT. And it's July 16th now. Let's take a second to review. In early summer, Sammy and Jackson reunited in Northern California after hiking alone for a stretch. And they continued north on the Pacific Crest Trail, making it to mile 1,773 in Oregon, before transferring back to the CDT in New Mexico. Um, we have about 2,000 miles left on the CDT. And I estimate that it's going to take us until the end of September, possibly like one or two days in October. And then we'll have to jump over back to the PCT, gonna go southbound from uh, the Washington Terminus to where we left off in Oregon. And that's about 900 miles. So if all goes smoothly and there isn't really much snow, so if it's a late snow year, That'd be fine. We'd just, we'd finish really, we'd finish early November, basically. Um, however, you know, the big variable there is like when snow starts to stick in the Cascades in Washington. Um, and it can stick as early as like mid-September. So, you know, I, I hate leaving that up to chance. Um, yeah, it's just really tough. There, the, the thing I'm thinking about is the CDT has one alternate. It's called the Big Sky, and it cuts off, like, a good large number of miles, like over 200, um, which could make the difference of, like, you know, a week or so, um, maybe even a little more. Unlike the other two trails, which are well-established routes, the CDT leaves some interpretation up to hikers. Rather than following a singular footpath from Mexico to Canada, the CDT is comprised of dozens of offshoots, social trails, and alternate passages like the one Sammy mentioned. For many CDT through hikers, the ability to choose your own adventure is part of the allure of the trail. 
It can also mean that no two thru-hikes of the CDT look the same, which can introduce some gray area when you're trying to set a record. I think that would put us in a better position to uh, finish the CYTC um, earlier with, without much difficult and potentially dangerous snow travel in Washington and in Oregon. But it's a balance, right? Because the most important thing to, to me and to Jackson is to make sure that we have done this to the best of our ability. And I don't know how I would feel if we did that cutoff. Regardless, we will have still done the CYTC to completion. Um, but uh, the Montana section, like through the Bob Marshall Wilderness um, and finishing Glacier would be something, we wouldn't do that. If that happened and we could have done uh, the rest of the CDT without the big sky cutoff, um, then I think I would kind of feel like I didn't do as much as I could. Um, so it's kind of a calculated risk assessment, I guess. But then again, I feel like we should probably prioritize safety. Cascades can get super sketchy when there's high snowfall and we just don't know when that's gonna be. So, yeah, I mean, we still have some time to figure it out, like over a thousand miles to decide. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, I, I, I mean, the best thing we can do right now is put our heads down, send some big miles and uh, put ourselves in a position to uh, go through as little winter as possible to finish the, the whole triple crown. Finally, uh, about to get into town. Got about five miles, so two hours max. Uh, pretty easy grade till then. But uh, just had a thought. Uh, super dehydrated over the last like 24 hours or something. And uh, finally found like a really good water source about half an hour ago and just drank a ton of water. But uh, before that, I was sitting down uh, about three miles before that and just feeling like defeated come across a couple of pretty bad water sources I didn't want to drink and uh, just lethargic from that feeling of dehydration and the sun starting to beat down and uh, I had a thought I was like you know what let's just go for a couple more miles see what happens worst case scenario I'll be a couple miles closer and I'm not going to feel any worse than this and uh, basically I just said to myself like just start like just start going um, and what do you know, two miles later, find a sick water source, feel a lot better, and uh, five miles feels a lot closer to town than eight did. So once I just start going, you know, good things start to happen. It's like cascade effect. Just gotta start. Right now, Sammy and Jackson are still in New Mexico, the southernmost state on the CDT. Once they make their way through the desert, They'll enter the heart of the Rockies in Colorado, then pass through Wyoming, through Yellowstone National Park, and then skirt the border of Idaho and Montana, heading north. You doing all that? Where? Yeah. Um, yeah, the thunder's really close. Seconds. 
flew out the snowstorm last night was insane. Jackson was moving his tent because he was under a tree, and uh, if the tree got struck, you know, probably would have not been good. And as he was moving his tent in the pouring rain, a uh, hundred yards away, he said um, he saw a lightning strike and then uh, thunder like one second later. So the storm was so close to us for a good like 15, 20 minutes. And uh, yeah, we were in an all right position because we were in tree line. The only thing that really sketched me out was I don't have a sleeping pad right now. And so if lightning did strike the ground really close to me, I wouldn't really be insulated. So what I did was take like every layer I have with me, uh, my backpack, my sleeping bag, um, everything I have and just put it under me. Um, and then I crawled into like a fetal position basically. And uh, that's when I was doing that uh, recording last night um, just while it was happening. But um, yeah, that was insanity. And it stuck around for a long time. I was just literally holding my breath, thinking good thoughts. And uh, woke up this morning and beautiful blue day. <laughs> The universe is balancing itself out for that hell. But it does mean hopefully some water sources will have some water um, rather than everything just being dry as it's been, um, which is a major concern in this section. It's super dry. In addition to the route finding aspect, the CDT differs from the PCT and the AT in a few key ways. First of all, it's seldom through hikes compared to its counterparts, and there's not as much of a hiker community. Granted, at the pace they're going, Sammy and Jackson haven't really engaged with the hiking community much on any of the trails anyway. In addition, the CDT and the surrounding areas aren't set up for thru-hikers in the same way. That means fewer trail towns, established shuttles, and generally fewer resources. All of this makes for a more primitive experience on the CDT. Just saw a grizzly just ahead of me. Um... The small cub, I'm backed away, um, slowly making a bunch of noise. I'm waiting for Jackson because I, I want to do this to or like go through this area together if there's grizzlies around. Um, but not sure how, not sure how far back he is. So hopefully I don't have to wait too long. I got out my bear spray here, and um, yeah, just kind of mentally. All right, I want to mentally go over. Um, info about grizzlies to just prepare for the worst. So you should make a lot of noise while hiking, speak in low and calm voice, keep eyes averted, back away slowly, get bear spray ready, done all of those things. If it sees you and uh, makes a bluff charge, um, its ears will still be up. Ears will be up if it's a bluff charge and it will be, when charging towards you, it will be huffing and puffing. Have bear spray ready, stand ground, speak in low and calm voice, if that's the case. If it's a real charge, the ears will be back and it will be moving silently towards you. And in this case, should use bear spray. Um, in, uh, yeah, if, if that fails and it does attack you, uh, gotta play dead, put hands behind neck um, to avoid um, a neck injury, uh, lay flat on stomach, if possible with legs um, spread flat wide, legs spread wide so bear can't flip you over and get to your vital organs. Um, yeah, Whew, okay, all right. 
Bear spray ready. You undo that and point it towards the bear, slightly down, and small spurts. Okay, hopefully Jackson catches up soon enough. We'll be right back. Not all shoes are created equal. Believe me, having a bad or unsupportive shoe makes a big difference. So when you're heading outdoors, skip the sneaker and step into the Merrill Moab. Moab's a sick place, and uh, these are sick shoes. From crossing trail to crossing town and everywhere in between, you get more traction, more stability, and more comfort. So next time you take a hike, get more out of every single step. Join us outside at Merrill.com. Take taking a break right now. I I just feel like no sense of vitality, no energy, no desire to move right now. It's like in my mind, I you know I want to keep hiking, but every time I get up, like I'm just getting so tired so quickly, and like it, it, it's like my body is just telling me like. It's like my body's begging me, like, please stop moving. And I try to keep going for another five minutes and, you know, like I have a bit of willpower, I think, but I just find myself continuing to sit down and uh, sit down for like five minutes. And then I'm like, oh, I wish I just kept going for five minutes. You know, I'd be further along and now I could take a break. But uh, even just thinking like this, is it's not something I'm used to. You know, I've been, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. My stomach just can't settle, and I'm not. I think I'm not getting energy because I don't want to eat. Like my my stomach is not really. I'm not vomiting, but my stomach's not feeling good with when it has when I'm putting food into it. I, like, I must just be, like have crazy fatigue or something. Eight months and thousands of miles into a trek like this, it would make sense that a person's body gets beaten down. But Sammy's fatigue and nausea persist for days, and it doesn't feel like normal exhaustion. All right, so uh, we're taking a day off. Um, I think I think what it is is sunstroke or like heat, whatever it is, because we're walking on the roads doing this uh, thing to get away from a fire, and it's so hot out. Um, you can hear in my voice, though. I feel a little bit better right now because... We are off trail today, not in the sun. I think it's just like that much sun exposure is really getting to me. I wasn't wearing a hat. I wasn't, stupidly wasn't wearing sunblock. And I was drinking a lot of water, but still probably, it's hard to keep up with that much water. But like having no coverage, like that was so stupid. I don't know why I did that. Um, I just drank a Coke. I don't know what it is, but my, my mom suggested I drink Coke. And... Um, it seemed to work. Like within a couple minutes of drinking Coke, I felt pretty pretty good. Obviously, I can't bring that on trail, so I don't know if this is sustainable. But we only have a couple more days of road walking before we get back to trail and hopefully have some some coverage. So, you know, I'm hoping. I feel I feel okay right now, but then again, I'm not really moving, and you know, it's it's yeah. Um, but then I start to get kind of foggy, like when I start moving again, it's just my head and my stomach feel like shit when I'm out in the sun like that. So I think having a day off today will, will have, will be good. So prayers up. 
All right. I, I'm really just not feeling any better. Like, I, I think I've tried to convince myself. Now three, no, four days have gone by since we took a day off, which is like, you know, in that normal span of time, like I'll still be feeling super fresh from uh, having an off day, but I feel dead after, like the first day I felt good. Second day I felt all right. Third day, basically back to that baseline of just like, my stomach doesn't feel good. My throat is kind of on the verge of throwing up, but I can't get myself to throw up. I mean, God, thank God I'm not thinking about like, giving up you know like i'm not gonna give up at the end of the day we're gonna we're gonna do it and like maybe we should uh... you know and i think about the next three months though i'm not excited i have to be honest about that i'm not excited and uh yeah it could be a shitty three months so this podcast may turn into me just complaining (laughs) is i need an outlet since i'm gonna try to not complain too much for for jackson but You know, at the same time, I gotta recognize we're in beautiful places. We're about to go into the Wind River Range, one of the most beautiful places on Earth. My only context of it is seeing a very sad um, and thought-provoking movie, Wind River. Um, But I've also been looking at a ton of videos of people, you know, in the Wind River Range on the CDT. And uh, my God, it looks to be one of the most spectacular places in the world. And I I had barely even heard of it before this year, so... You know, on one level, I'm really looking forward to that. On another level, it's very remote. Um, There's like, I think, 150 miles between road crossings. And um, feeling like this, I don't know if I can do more than like 25 miles a day. So that right there is a six-day carry. That's that's pretty fucking brutal. So, yeah. um, Yeah. It's going to be tough. By mid-August, Sammy's sickness isn't letting up. One day, he starts to faint while hiking. Okay, so my issues came to a head yesterday. When I say issues, I'm referring to basically the shitty way I've been feeling for three weeks. Feels like two years. Um, Heading into the Wind River Edge yesterday with Jax. Five miles or so before we head in past the last road crossing. I vomit, like projectile vomit, just like, ugh. I know it's gross sound effect, but yeah, like everywhere. And I'm not going to lie, right after vomiting, I felt great. I was like, oh my God, maybe whatever was in me just got out and it's over and now I'm going to feel great. Of course, that's pretty normal when you vomit, you usually feel a little better. But that feeling started to come back over the course of the next hour, two hours or so. Vomited once again, caught up with Jackson. He was taking a a break and uh, told him about it, you know, just in the interest of being super open. And uh, he said to me, which I really appreciated, dude, are you sure that you want ready to go into this remote section, you know, feeling, feeling the way you're feeling? I said, yeah, I think I'm I'm just going to take it slow and I'll, I'll probably feel all right. We head in past the last road crossing. That feeling really starts to come back and all of a sudden, vomiting again. And, uh, you know, I think to myself, if this is gonna keep happening, it could actually get even worse. And, you know, we're pretty close to the last road crossing. I'm gonna catch up to Jackson and I'm just gonna tell him, dude, like, I gotta go figure out a way to find a doctor. Like, gotta go figure out a way to find a doctor. So I tell him that he's super receptive and I'm super grateful that he um, opened up that door and, um, 
you know, I think it just, I realized, like, you know, I gotta, I gotta get checked out. Like, this is bad and it could get worse. And I could put myself and Jackson in a, in a dangerous situation if it gets worse in the middle of this section. So we get back to the road crossing. We have a friend who we met uh, earlier on trail who lives in this area, gave him a call. Shout out to Chris, absolute legend. And um, yeah, he was able to come get us. We were like, we we're pretty far out there. The road is super remote, dirt road. It took him like an hour and a half to get to us. Um, but once he got to us, it was only like an hour or so into the nearest town, which is called Lander, Lander, Wyoming. Got to the urgent care here and, um, you know, told them how I was feeling. I think it's really difficult though, when you're in urgent care um, or like in a hospital setting to um, understand like what we've been undergoing. Uh, Cause you know, I said to them, you know, hiking 30 miles a day, I'm feeling really tired. My stomach hurts, blah, blah, blah. And to them, it's like, yeah, well, yeah, you're hiking 30 miles a day. Of course, you're, you know, it's taking a toll on your body. But it's it's hard to recognize, like, well, this has actually become normal for us, you know, hiking this much. And I think there's actually something else that's going on here, especially with having some, like, GI issues recently. I've been pretty sure that there's something going on. They did some tests, but I'm now awaiting those tests in a motel and hoping i'm honestly hoping that i have a positive result for something i know that that's like paradoxical as hell because you don't want to have bad sickness but you know if i have a parasite i'm thinking giardia um then maybe it can be cured so right now it's just a waiting game and uh trying to like chill out and watch a movie basically All right, so finally got my test results back, and turns out I have Giardia and two forms of E. coli. So <laughs> let's go. Um, <laughs> I called my mom immediately, and uh, yeah, we were like, this is awesome. And then I got the phone, and Jackson was like, why are you celebrating? And... Um, yeah, I'm very, this is a great moment because I got to walk up to the hospital, which is like a mile away to um, actually get the antibiotics, but it's a week worth of antibiotics and I should start feeling better. So I have Giardia and also two types of E. coli. Didn't know that was possible, but I must have just gotten bad water somehow. Most backpackers are familiar with Giardia, but in case you're not, it's a parasite that lives in water contaminated with animal or human feces. Ingesting the parasite can lead to unpleasant GI troubles that can last up to a few weeks. I mean, I've been using my filter this whole time. There was, there was two days when I switched to iodine pills, though, because I couldn't backwash my filter, so it wasn't getting water through. So I just uh, used iodine pills. I did everything right, I think. I, like, threaded the um, water. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I should have gotten all the gunk out of there, but um, I guess, I mean, that must have been it, so... Yeah, time to start taking antibiotics. I'm feeling a little bit better already, but that's probably just placebo from knowing what it is. And uh, I think we're going to head out tomorrow um, into the Wind River Range, and hopefully I'll just feel progressively better throughout with the antibiotics. So let's go. In the winds, um, feeling pretty good. It's day three. Day one was a doozy. 
um, or I guess day two. Day one, we only hiked like 20 miles or so into the into the range. Day two, we tried to take this like one mile. It was kind of an extra thing to do, but we also thought it would like cut off some mileage. Um, but it was supposed to have this like really good view. And, you know, that's the benefit of the CDTs. You can kind of make your own variations a little bit if you want to like try to get a different view or go a different way or whatever. We end up taking this goddamn rock climbing trail not a real trail a rock climbing trail not for hiking we're going straight up 80 degrees 90 degrees hand over hand um and this whole time my stomach is just churning and moving and begging me to stop um but we had to get to the top of that pass it was a pass we get to the top of it, hopefully, thinking hopefully the other side is maybe like a little bit more of a trail. Nope. The other side is just a rock field at about 80 degrees with like loose rock. So every time we're taking a step, we're like moving a rock downwards. So we had to do this like zigzag thing. I was in front and I would like zigzag each way, um, go to the side and then let Jackson move for a bit. Because the person above, if they moved at the same time, then they would release rocks that would probably hit the person below. Um, that's how steep it was. So, yeah, that two miles took us about two hours. And at the end of it, also just so tired. Um, yeah, kind of an L of a day. I mean, it was a cool view at top at the top, but it definitely was not worth basically free soloing a route with like 40-pound packs. So that really tired us out. And also, like, I was not feeling any better from the antibiotics yet. Today, though, when I think about how much better I feel right now, I just have, like, actual energy. I have actual energy. Like, water tastes good. I saw a moose today, and I think it was, like, one of the I don't know, so beautiful. And I almost felt like it was, it was a good omen. You know, it was a good omen. And um, tomorrow uh, is my birthday. And that's exciting as well. I'm just grateful to actually be feeling good for the first time in so long. Um, God, antibiotics, man. I mean, the crazy thing is I didn't realize how bad I was feeling until I had something to compare it to. I now feel like the closest to a superhero I've ever felt. As they approached the northernmost section of the CDT, Sammy and Jackson decided to follow through with their plan to take the Big Sky alternate. This will help them avoid wildfires that have sprung up along the border of Idaho and Montana. And it'll save them a little bit of time as they rush to stay ahead of oncoming winter. You ever heard of CNN? Okay, the guy behind it goes by the name of Ted Turner. I know, I've known a bit about Ted Turner. I did not know he owned so much land in this area. We use a mapping service right now called Gaia Maps, which is really wonderful and it's super helpful. And I love it. I'm a big fan of it. However, it does not distinguish, we have now learned, between public and private dirt roads. Now that we're on the Big Sky Alt, we thought it would be fun to like try to make our own path a little bit through like these various nature preserves and nature areas rather than just sticking to like the you know the well-trodden um, Big Sky Alt that many people have done. And um, yeah, so we had to make our own theoretical map on Gaia. I've been following that. It's been going great. And then today, we end up hiking through Ted Turner's ranch. Just a side note here, 
Ted Turner owns about 2 million acres of land across North America and Argentina. That's including three ranches in Montana. Um, it's called Turner Enterprises. And uh, yeah, we get stopped <laughs> about five miles into it. There wasn't really like a clear sign um, of where it started, but we had seen some Turner Enterprise signs and just like didn't really think that much of it. This guy stops in his um, pickup truck and uh, we learn that he's the ranch hand. And um, he tells he tells me, I'm a little bit in front of Jackson, and he tells me, um, you know, you're on Ted Turner's property and, uh, you know, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. What are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. We explained to him, you know, we're just hikers. We're actually about three miles from getting to this highway on the other side um, where we'd be off his land and then we were going to go meet up with a trail over there. And he's not super psyched about that. He uh, kept repeating, repeating this one phrase where he goes, you wouldn't want to get yourself into a bind now, would you? You wouldn't want to get yourself into a bind. And this whole time we're talking, I'm kind of like taking stock of the situation and taking stock of what's around me. And I look in the back, um, his back seat of his pickup truck, and he's got like a, a you know, rifle right there. And um, he kind of glanced at it for a second. And, you know, we were obviously pretty harmless, I think. You know, we're wearing like pink and orange. And so I, I don't really think we can come across as a threat, but I kind of just pleaded with him a little bit. I'm like, hey, man, come on. Like, this is the situation we're in. You know, we've had to hike a long way to get here. If we go back to that road, I think we're going to have to go around a whole nother way. And, um, you know, we'll be gone in three. We'll be off this land in three miles. Would you just let us? We'll go really fast. And he's just having none of it. He keeps repeating. Wouldn't want to get yourself into a bind. Don't get yourself into a bind. And um, apologies if that accident is offensive to anybody. <laughs> I know it's not very good. But, yeah, eventually he tells us, get off this land, go back the way you came, and uh, I don't want to see you again. So, you know, granted that he had a rifle, and granted that I don't want to be charged with anything, we got off of his property as soon as possible. And uh, the problem that that put that us in is, um, A, we had to backtrack, so we, we've now done extra mileage, and B, we have to go all the way around. We have to go east when we want to go west. We have to go east in order to go north in order to go west, whereas we just wanted to go west if that makes sense. And then it would go north after that. But yeah, this added like many miles for us. And um, yeah, that's a huge bummer. So, man, Ted Turner, just wish I could talk to him and tell him what, you know, what situation we're in. And uh, maybe he would have helped us out, but his ranch hand was not so friendly. And uh, I can't be mad at it though. It, it is private property. <laughs> Next time on Impossible Odds. I'm pretty reluctant to mention this to Jackson right now. I just need to think about this more. Because I don't want him to feel as though I'm discrediting what we did or what he did. Or whether, you know, I'm going to need to go back and redo that 500 mile section on the official CDT route. This podcast was written and hosted by Sammy Potter with contributions from Jackson Perrell. Our producers are Louisa Albanese and me, Zoe Gates. Wooly Music is our composer and sound designer, and Tim Massa is our assistant story editor. If you enjoyed this episode of Impossible Odds, please subscribe and leave us a review.